Last week, we discussed how to craft a basic paragraph, but I know many of you were probably thinking, a paragraph? My students can't even write sentences. So no worries, I got you covered. While we would hope that our students would enter our classrooms knowing how to write a complete sentence, I know that is not the reality for many of you. So today, we are going to chat about the five parts to a complete sentence, and I hope that you are finding value from the previous 18 episodes that I have shared. I would love it if you would take a moment to rate and review this podcast. The reviews mean so much to me, and they will help other teachers as they're browsing for teacher podcasts to tune into. So thank you in advance. I don't know about you, but I am ready to dive into sentence writing. So if you're ready, I will meet you inside. You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. If you are a returner and welcome in if this is your first time listening to this podcast. I have several topics surrounding reading and writing in previous episodes, so I would encourage you to go back and take a listen. But today I am super excited to talk about sentence writing. If you are like me, I have always thought, how can something so simple be so confusing for kids? teacher confusion. Let's just go on and put a hashtag in front of that. But the reality is, if those basic foundational writing skills were not taught, then kids are not going to fully understand what it is and how to effectively execute it. So here we are in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and our students still cannot form a complete sentence. Is this a problem? Yes. Do you need to take the time to teach this? Yes. Sentences are the stepping stone for all future writing tasks, writing paragraphs, writing compositions, writing books. The one thing each of these different deliverables has in common is, you got it, they all are comprised of sentences. So how can you get sentence practice going in your classroom? Number one. Determine whether this is a whole group problem or a small group problem. And what I mean by that is I always recommend spiraling basic foundational skills in your grammar practice no matter when the student was supposed to learn it. But if you find that the majority of your class is struggling with sentence writing, then this needs to become a part of your daily grammar or writing warm-up time. If only a handful of your kids are struggling, then you should really be making use of small groups to explicitly break apart a sentence and explain the structure to those specific students who are still having a difficult time. So identifying whether this is a whole group problem or a small group problem is going to be your first step with getting sentence writing going in your classroom. Again, I would recommend spiraling those basic skills with all students, but when it comes time for targeting sentence practice, you need to determine whole group problem or small group problem. 
Now that you have figured out where you're going to address sentence practice, small group or whole group, number two, you're going to explain what a complete sentence is. I like to teach students that a complete sentence must have at minimum three things, a subject, which will typically be a noun or pronoun, a verb, and an object or thought, which when joined together becomes the predicate. Having simple sentences on hand are great for this practice and exposure to your students. I like to write sentences as I say them to help students see my thinking turn into writing. So if you have two to three sentences ready for practice, this will be quick to implement in your block. Using two different colors to begin, you will begin visually underlining and or circling the subject, verb, and full predicate. Different teachers have different ways that they like to implement their color coding systems or their underline and circles. So whatever works for you and for your students is what I would suggest that you do. But the whole idea is making the sentence structure visual. For example, if I used the sentence, Mark shops at Walmart, I would want to show my students that the subject in that sentence is Mark. I would want them to know and be able to pull apart that the verb, what is Mark doing, is he shops. And then I want them to identify the object, which is where is he shopping or what is he doing? And that's going to be that he is shopping at Walmart. So the full predicate is shops at Walmart. So for that sentence, I would want my students to underline the subject in one color. So they would underline mark. I would want them to underline the verb in a different color or maybe circle the verb, shops. And then I want them to find that full predicate, which does include that verb, shops at Walmart. And that is completing that thought and giving it more description into what Mark is doing. So let me just give another um, simple example. Because remember, I said before, simple sentences. When you are wanting students to begin the art of completing complete sentences, you want to keep them simple. There is going to be lots of time when you can be able to grow that sentence up and do some different types of structures within complex sentences. But the main way to teach sentences is to have simple sentences on hand. So for another example, let's say that I am going to say Maria runs around the park. I will write that up as I am saying it. Then I want my students to identify the subject. So we are going to say, well, who is this sentence about? It is about Maria. So we will underline that in the color choice that we have chosen for subject. Then we're going to look for the verb and I will let them know that is that action word. What is Maria doing? When they say runs, we may circle the verb. Then we might be looking for um, the object. So what is the object in that sentence? And my students will probably identify that, well, where she's running is at the park. So we now have drawn out that object. And then the full predicate, we are going to make sure we identify is runs around the park. 
you can opt to just focus on the subject and the predicate, but I will tell you that object is so helpful to identify when deciding who or what the subject is when it's more than one noun present in that sentence. So it is important to understand that some of the sentences, the subject is not the park, the subject is Maria, but she's at the park because both of those are nouns. You can make your sentence practice more complex as your students display that they are ready for it, but in these first weeks, maybe even months, I suggest simple sentences to get you started. Maybe you're thinking, but you said that there are five parts to a complete sentence, but you only mentioned it must include the subject, the verb, and the object or thought, so... Here are the final two parts. A sentence must begin with a capital letter, and in addition, it must include an end mark, either a period, a question mark, or an exclamation point. So these are your final two parts that you want to ensure your students are paying attention to. I find that when I share the five parts up front, it becomes a lot to digest. You're going to start seeing that students are not going to take on all five parts and they're going to miss a capital letter, they're going to miss a punctuation, they're going to miss including the whole full predicate. So when you break it apart, it makes it easier to digest and it's easier for your students to begin internalizing. So when it comes to these five parts, I find that when you're separating the structure from the grammatical components, it is going to help your students to take in this new information. This is simply going to take practice, and it's important to make sure that you're including these errors in writing warm-ups that you're doing. Now, you know that I am not a fan of worksheets. However, I will be the first one to tell you that I love a good workbook in order to find these sentences. Do not feel like you have to reinvent the wheel. If you have old workbooks that are full of worksheets, that is a great place to go and find examples that you can be able to use. Even if the sentence is complete, you can change something very easily, whether it's removing a capital letter, maybe lowercasing something that is supposed to be capital, um, Maybe it is leaving off the punctuation or maybe it's not a maybe it's a fragment sentence and it's not even complete. It's missing the subject or missing the predicate. So that is a great thing that you can be able to do and make use of those workbooks that we do not really just want to use to give our children busy work, but use the contents for this intentional instruction. I also love using grammar task cards, anything that is focused on the grammatical parts of a sentence, anything that can allow my students to focus on making sentences complete with those capital letters, with the correct punctuation, and ensuring that it is indeed complete. So no matter what you use, students need to see the incomplete and incorrect sentences in order to practice the necessary skills that are needed to make complete and correct sentences.
So again, this does not have to be anything fancy. Have a uh, sentence written on the board as the students enter your classroom or have it on the screen as they're logging into your virtual classroom. Have it as a part of your morning meeting. That is a great way to get sentence structure and practice in as a whole group setting is by using it for that morning meeting. But this is not intended to take 20 minutes long, so I'm sure you can find one to two minutes where you can embed some incorrect sentences in in order for students to have a chance to make them correct. When students can identify the errors and go a step farther to explain why it is incorrect, that is where the true understanding is going to start coming to place, gelling, and this practice is quick as it is focused. Now I want to touch on five areas where these moments for sentence writing practice can come into place. Number one, your morning meeting. This is an easy way to add a sentence practice into your whole group setting. Display an incomplete or incorrect sentence and your students will have to work to make it correct and explain the changes that they made. You only need one practice sentence for this. A second place that you can be able to embed these sentence writing practices is during your writing workshop warm-up. A great way to open up your writing block is by a sentence review. You can make this interactive or you can make it very, very basic. This will require you to write a complete sentence like Tyrone watches football with his friend and you will have the different parts of the sentence on different strips of paper or index cards. So for example, you would have Tyrone on one card, watches on one card, football with his friend on one card, and then a period on another card. Your students will help you to place it together and prove that it is correct by locating the five different parts. You can also do this by writing it out. If you're going to write it out, I love doing the first letter as a lowercase. So Tyrone with a lowercase t watches football. I will keep it very general. And I will then encourage my students to complete the thought a bit more. And they will need to change the lowercase t to a capital T. They will need to add a punctuation mark but I also want them to expand on Tyrone watching football. Well, where is he watching it? Or with who is he watching it? And so that's when they can be able to grow that sentence a little bit and make it further complete with a full predicate. Another great place that I've always loved embedding and having these sentence writing practices available is during your literacy workstations or even as part of a writing center. This can be simple, and I'm saying simple with capital letters. Give students two words, a subject and a verb. They will need to include the five parts in their original sentence that they are going to come up with. They must have a capital letter, the subject, the verb, the object or thought, and the punctuation to make it complete. For example, these will be on index card size. 
you can use two different colors of cards or two different colors of a marker to visually distinguish between the subject and the verb. You can decide how many you make available at one time for your students based on their needs. But what you would do is for this example, I will say that students will select two cards. One card has the subjects, the name of Pam, and the other card is a verb, and it says writes. So the student would be responsible for writing a complete sentence on a sticky note, in a journal, on a piece of paper, wherever it is that you want them to write it, and they will complete that sentence. So the sentence might say, Pam writes her story on the paper. You are looking for the capital letter to start the sentence. You are looking for the appropriate punctuation. Then you are checking for the subject, the verb, and the complete thought. You can even have them do the coding marks or the coding colors that you practice in your whole group. You can have students show proof that way by notating that they indeed included the five parts to their sentence. If you do allow students to do these on sticky notes or on like an index card, this is awesome, an awesome way that you can be able to display it by taping it to a place in the room or taping it to an anchor chart and just allowing them to have those different types of exposure moments seen and displayed in the classroom. The fourth way that I love getting this practice in to the daily routine is by using exit tickets. This is as simple as using a slip of paper where your students will write a complete sentence before transitioning to the next part of the day or before going home. This can be open for them to use their creativity. Maybe they're writing one thing that they loved about the day or one thing that they loved about what they just learned. But I always would have a couple of words, a noun and a verb, on hand for students who struggle to generate ideas quickly. They can create a sentence using your pre-selected words, and that can be used as their exit ticket to transition to the next part of your day or to go home. And lastly, and one of my favorite ways to get sentence practice in without students even knowing that they're practicing is by having them respond to reading. Now, let me make it clear up front that this is not necessarily a full-blown reading response, but this is solely used to get sentence practice in. So after your read aloud or after you have read something with guided reading, you're going to offer a very simple question that requires your students to write in a complete sentence. They do not need to write their names on the front, have them add it to the back. For example, if you were going to ask, what did Ron like most? An answer could be, Ron liked playing with rockets. Simple. Maybe a student just wrote rockets. So now you're going to collect these student responses and you're going to show a few to the class to analyze. Your students are looking for the five parts of the sentence to be present and you're going to let them prove their reasoning for deeming it as correct or incorrect. If it is incorrect, like the response of rockets, you're going to help students to make it correct. This is how they learn. They will work together and make those sentences correct 
or they are going to work together and find the five parts and say, yes, this is a correct sentence. With all of those responses that you are collecting, you can use these for future mini lessons or for future sentence practices. So definitely make use of every single sentence that your students are giving you and allow these to be opportunities for your students to dive in, to analyze, and to start seeing and proving those complete sentences. When focusing on sentences, it is important to keep it intentional, which sometimes means only writing one sentence. Do not focus on full paragraphs or super thorough responses. Allow for plenty time for explanation and reasoning on students' behalf. It is so important to provide your students with many opportunities for practicing writing and for identifying complete sentences. So as a recap, this can be done during morning meeting, during your writing workshop warm-up, if you have a writing center or literacy workstations, this can be done by way of an exit ticket or by simple responding to reading with analyzing sentences and follow-up. So keep your examples and practices simple and develop them with complexity as your students are ready. Make sure to hold your students accountable with including those five parts to their sentence. Those five parts are the sentence must include a subject, it must include a verb, and the object or thought, which when joined together is going to be that predicate. It also needs to have a capital letter and a punctuation. Always keep in mind that repetition is key here. It will become routine for your students over time, but never miss opportunities for quick sentence practice. Remember, this is not designed to take a long time. So I would love to hear how your students are doing with sentence practice, as well as any challenges that they might still be having. So be sure to reach out to me over on Instagram at Miss P Style and let me know. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.